welcome on to NBA Recap. Today is Saturday, December 18th, and we had eight games on in the NBA last night, so let's get right into them. Starting off in Orlando, the Heat defeated the Magic 115-105. In Atlanta, the Nuggets beat the Hawks 133-115. In Boston, the Warriors beat the Celtics 111-107. In New Orleans, the Pelicans just edged past the Bucks in overtime 116-112. In Utah, the Spurs defeated the Jazz 128-126. In Minnesota, the Timberwolves demolished the Lakers 110-92. In Portland, the Trailblazers beat the Hornets 125-116. And finally, in Sacramento, the Kings were defeated by the Grizzlies 124-105. So we will break down all eight of those games in just a moment. But first, if you'd like to follow the show on social, we're at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or Smart Speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider subscribing or leaving a review. It really helps get the word out. All right, so starting off today in Orlando, where the Heat defeated the Magic 115 to 105. The Heat were led by Max Struess off the bench. He had 32 points on an incredibly efficient 11 of 15 shooting. He had eight three pointers. And they also got 27 from Gabe Vincent in the starting lineup, whereas the Magic were led by Franz Wagner, the rookie. He had 27 points in the starting lineup, and they also got 20 from the veteran Gary Harris. So unfortunately for the Magic, they were just outplayed throughout this game. They were outscored by the Heat 31-22 to in the first quarter, and then they pretty much just maintained that lead throughout the rest of the game. They were never out of it completely, the Magic, but it was always about an 8-10 to point lead for the Heat throughout the game. Eventually, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Heat had built up an 18-point lead. That was the biggest lead of the game for Miami, but then the Magic made things a little bit more interesting late in the fourth, so they were always within striking distance, like I said, but they never really troubled the Heat too significantly, despite the fact that they are still playing without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And unsurprisingly, they shot much more efficiently than the Magic, who themselves didn't shoot the ball inefficiently whatsoever. They were 48% from the field and 34% from three. The Heat were just too good, though. 50% from the field, 54% from beyond the arc. Just insane three-point shooting by the Heat. Now, they did have 17 turnovers versus just 11 for the Magic, but the Heat also out-rebounded Orlando 46-36. to So in the end, a dominant victory for the Heat, especially from beyond the arc and on the boards, despite the sloppy ball handling. And so with this win, the Heat now improved to 18-12. and So they are all the way up in fifth right now in the Eastern Conference, tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers in fourth, and they're two and a half games up on the Charlotte Hornets in sixth, just half a game behind the Bucks and Bulls in second and third. So it's very tightly contested there in the middle portion of the Eastern Conference playoff picture, just half a game separating the Bulls in second and the Heat in fifth. And they are on a two-game winning streak. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And they have a plus 3.4 point differential, which is fourth best in the East. And as for the Orlando Magic, they are still in 14th, so second to last in the Eastern Conference. This loss takes them to 5-25. and 25. They are on a seven-game losing streak, and they have the worst point differential in the entire league at negative 10.5. So the Magic are definitely on their way to another high draft pick in the lottery. And this is one of those weird situations where the Magic actually have a better winning percentage than the Pistons in last in the East, but they're further from the top. They're 16 and a half games off the top spot, whereas the Pistons are just 16 games because they've played three less games. All right, so we can move on now to the box score. And the Heat, as I mentioned, were led by Max Struess off the bench. He had 32 points in 34 minutes. He was incredibly efficient, 11 of 15 from the field and 8 of 11 from beyond the arc. Insane shooting by Struess. He had seven rebounds and one assist, and he was plus 17, and that was a team high. And as for the starters, they were led by Gabe Vincent. He had 27 points in 36 minutes. He was 10 of 20 from the field, four three-pointers for Vincent, two rebounds, four assists, one steal, and one block. So the development from the Miami Heat over the past couple of years of these undrafted guys has just been unparalleled. They are able to pluck these random guys out of obscurity and turn them into leading scorers for a winning team. So just incredible stuff for the Heat. And as for the rest of the starters, they got 15 points from P.J. Tucker. In 32 minutes, he was 6 of 10 from the field. He had two threes, three rebounds, four assists, and one steal. 13 points for Dwayne Dedman, the big man, in 27 minutes was 5 of 9 from the field. He had six rebounds. 11 points for Kyle Lowry in 35 minutes. He had two threes, 15 assists, five rebounds, and two blocks. He did have five turnovers, but nice production there throughout the box score from Lowry. And then Duncan Robinson rounding out the starting lineup had six points. 
points in 25 minutes. He had three rebounds, two steals, two three-pointers, and one assist and one block. And off the bench for the Heat, besides Max Struess, they got six points from KZ Akpala in 16 minutes, five points and 12 rebounds from the backup big man Omer Yurtsevin, although he was just two of eight from the field. And as for the Orlando Magic, they were led, as I mentioned, by the rookie Franz Wagner. Another really solid game for him, perhaps making things difficult with that rookie of the year campaign. Considering Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes have been battling for the number one spot all year long, he and Cade, I guess you could say, have been battling for the three and four spots. But nonetheless, all four of those rookies have been very solid. And Franz in this game had 27 points on 11 of 23 shooting. Now, he did miss all three of his three-point attempts, but he had six rebounds, four assists, and a steal. As for the rest of the starters, they got 20 points from the veteran shooting guard Gary Harris. In 36 minutes, he was 7-14 from the field, and he had three threes, one rebound, five assists, two steals, and a block. They also got 18 points from Chuma Okeke and Robin Lopez. There was no Mo Bamba in this game for the Magic, so Jamal Mosley inserted Okeke into the starting lineup finally, although he also inserted another traditional big, Robin Lopez, so he just cannot get over this too-big lineup. But nonetheless, Okeke had 18 points and 10 rebounds in his 39 minutes in the starting lineup. He was red-hot shooting the ball, 7 of 12 from the field and 4 of 8 from beyond the arc. He also had 4 assists and 6 steals with a block as well, so excellent production from Okeke. And if Bamba is going to miss... An extended period of time here, Okeke is definitely an ad in fantasy leagues as he was the starter for a lot of the year last season, and he definitely seems like the biggest beneficiary of Bamba missing any time. And Cole Anthony, the sophomore, was also out in this game. That's why Robin Lopez was also in the starting lineup, and he had 18 points as well in 33 minutes. He was 9 of 13 from the field. He had 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1 block. And Wendell Carter played just 11 minutes before going down with an injury. He bumped knees, and so he left this game in a wheelchair, and he only had four points and four rebounds in that time. And off the bench for the Magic, they had to rely on several guys who have not seen much of the court so far this season because their roster is pretty depleted right now by injury and COVID health and safety protocols. And so they were led by Hassani Gravit. He had six points in 24 minutes. He had two threes, two rebounds, three assists. They also got five points from BJ Johnson in 20 minutes. Three points from Michael Mulder, although he was just one of five from the field. And just two points for Aleem Ford and Admiral Schofield. All right, and next up we can move on to Atlanta, where the Nuggets defeated the Hawks 133-115. to Denver was led by the rookie Bones Highland off the bench. He had 24 points, and they also got 21 from the point guard Monty Morris and 20 from Nikola Jokic and Jeff Green, so four players scoring at least 20 points for the Denver Nuggets, whereas the Hawks were led by Trey Young, of course. He had 34 points and 10 assists, and they also got 20 and 10 from John Collins. But unfortunately for the Hawks, this game went pretty similarly to the previous one. The Hawks just got down early on. It was close throughout the first quarter. It was a three-point lead for the Nuggets. But then they just dominated the Hawks in the second quarter, 43-28. to So Denver had an 18-point lead at the half, and then they pretty much just maintained that lead throughout the entire second half. And Denver just shot the ball very efficiently, 58% from the field and 44% from beyond the arc. The Hawks were just 46% from the field and 29% from three. Really disappointing shooting from three for the Hawks, and it was largely due to the starters. Trey Young was one of six from three, and then John Collins, Timothy Luau-Cabarro, and Kevin Herter were all one of four. So those four starters going a combined four of 18 from the three-point line is not good enough. And then they made things worse for themselves, turning the ball over 15 times. Now, to be fair, the Nuggets had 17 turnovers, so this was a pretty sloppy game overall. But nonetheless, the Nuggets will take the win however they can get it because they now improve to 15 and 14, which puts them in seventh in the Western Conference. They're half a game up now on the Dallas Mavericks in eighth and half a game behind the L.A. Lakers in sixth. So very tightly contested there in the middle of the Western Conference. The Nuggets are just one game up on the Wolves in ninth. And they have a plus 0.3 point differential, so they are actually the sixth team in the Western Conference to have a positive point differential. The Lakers ahead of them do not. And they are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. And as for the Hawks, this loss takes them to 14-15. and 15. So they are down in ninth in the Eastern Conference, tied with the Boston Celtics in 10th. And as we touched on before, just half a game behind the 76ers and Wizards in 7th and 8th. And then they're also just half a game up on the Toronto Raptors in 11th. And the Hawks have a plus 1.5 point differential, and they're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. 
All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Nuggets, as I mentioned, were led by the rookie Bones Highland off the bench. In just 26 minutes, he had 24 points on an incredibly efficient 8 of 11 shooting. He was 4 of 5 from beyond the arc. He had 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 blocks. And he was plus 15 in the plus minus, which was a team high, along with Faku Campazo. So really good stuff here for the rookie off the bench for the Nuggets, Bones Highland. And then they also got 20-point performances from three guys in the starting lineup. Monty Morris, the point guard, had 21 points in 25 minutes. He was 8 of 13 from the field. He had three threes, three rebounds, two assists, and one steal. 20 points for Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP. He had 10 rebounds, seven assists, and three steals as well. And he was 8 of 12 from the field. And then Jeff Green was 8 of 13 from the field, and he had 20 points as well. He was 4 of 9 from beyond the arc, and he had five rebounds, four assists, and a block. And then Aaron Gordon, who has been really solid recently, had 16 points on 5 of 8 shooting in 30 minutes. He had two three-pointers, three rebounds, three assists. And then Will Barton rounding out the starting lineup. He was the only starter to be pretty poor in this game. Five points on two of 10 shooting. And he did have seven rebounds, four assists, and two blocks, though. Off the bench for the Nuggets, besides Bones Highland, they also got 11 points from Austin Rivers in 17 minutes. He was 5 of 9 from the field. He had 3 rebounds, 1 assist. 7 points for Facundo Campazzo in 20 minutes. As I mentioned, he was a team-high plus 15 in the plus-minus along with Bones Highland, and he had 3 rebounds, 8 assists, and 3 steals. They also got 6 points from Vlatko Chanchar, 2 points from Zeke Naji, and 1 point from Peter Corneli. And as for the Atlanta Hawks, they were unsurprisingly led by Trey Young. He had 34 points in this game and 10 assists. He has just been on fire lately. Over his past 10 games, he's averaging 31 points and nearly 10 assists. So incredible production of late from Trey Young. He's currently the second leading scorer in the league behind just Giannis Antetokounmpo. And he also had three rebounds, two steals in this game. He was 12 of 27 overall, 9 of 10 from the free throw line. They also got 20 and 10 from John Collins in 33 minutes. He was 7 of 13 from the field. He had two assists, two steals. Clint Capella had a double-double as well, 15 points and 11 rebounds, one assist and three blocks. He was 7 of 10 from the field. Nice production there from Capella, although he was 1 of 5 from the free throw line. And then Timothy Luau Cabarro had five points in 33 minutes, but he was just one of five from the field. And he had two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And Kevin Herter rounding out the starting lineup was a starter's low, negative 14 in the plus-minus in his 33 minutes. He had seven points, one three-pointer, three rebounds, four assists. And off the bench for the Hawks, they got 10 points from Onyeka Okongwu, the sophomore big man returning from injury. In 14 minutes, he was perfect from the field, 4 of 4, and he had 2 rebounds and 1 steal. He did have 5 fouls in that time, though. 8 points for Danilo Gallinari in 22 minutes, but he was inefficient, 1 of 7 from the field. He had 4 rebounds, and he was negative 19 in the plus-minus, which was nearly a team low. If not for Cam Reddish, he was negative 20 in 15 minutes. He had 7 points, and he was 2 of 5 from the field. Field. Five points for DeLon Wright in 15 minutes and two points for Lou Williams and Gorgie Jang. All right, and next up we can move on to Boston, where the Celtics were defeated by the Golden State Warriors, 111-107. to The Warriors were led by who else but Steph Curry. He had 30 points in 35 minutes, five three-pointers, and he was 9 of 9 from the free throw line. Good stuff once again for Steph Curry, and they also got 27 from Andrew Wiggins. Whereas the Celtics were unsurprisingly led by Jason Tatum. He had 27 points, eight rebounds, six assists, so nice production there from Tatum. And then they got 20 points from Jalen Brown, who is back in the lineup for the Celtics, 19 for Marcus Smart. But unfortunately for the Celtics, they were just edged late in this game. It was the Warriors who were leading throughout the majority of regulation, especially the first half. They got out to an early lead in the first quarter. The Celtics just couldn't buy a bucket throughout the first like five minutes of this game. And the Warriors ended up outscoring the Celtics 34-26 to in the first quarter. So they had a double-digit lead throughout much of the first half. At one point, it was up to 20 in the second quarter. But the Celtics were able to cut the lead to 14 by halftime. And then in the third quarter, they came roaring back. They outscored the Warriors 27-14 to in the third. So they essentially erased that deficit. It was just a one-point game heading into the fourth quarter. And then it was just back and forth throughout the fourth. The Warriors went on a little bit of a run with about four minutes to go. They had eight unanswered points as Damian Lee hit a three-pointer, then Otto Porter hit a little 10-footer, and then Steph Curry hit a three-pointer with 425 left on the clock. That put the Warriors up by 10. It was 105-95, to but then the Celtics came coming back once again. They had a couple of unanswered points, 
Eventually, with 35 seconds to go, it was just a three-point game. The Warriors were up 107-104, to and Steph Curry hit a clutch 17-foot driving, floating jump shot, and that put the Warriors back up by five. It was 109-104, to and then Marcus Smart, with four seconds to go, hit a clutch three-pointer that cut the deficit to two, but unfortunately for the Celtics, they were just not able to overcome that margin in the final couple of seconds of this game, and the Warriors held on to get this victory. So a nice, gritty win here for the Warriors. And they didn't even shoot the ball that well. They were 43% from the field, which is about the same as the Celtics, and 34% from beyond the arc, which is actually a little bit worse than Boston. And even the rebounding was exactly tied, 45 all. And so the turnovers is really what killed the Celtics in this game. They had 16. That is definitely too many. Now, to be fair, the Warriors weren't exactly clean with the ball either. They had 14 turnovers themselves, but nonetheless, 16 is just too many for the Celtics. And so with this loss, they now fall to 14 and 15. So they are down in 10th right now in the Eastern Conference, but they're tied with the Atlanta Hawks and just half a game behind the Sixers and Wizards in 7th and 8th. And they're just one game behind the Hornets in 6th and just half a game up on the Raptors in 11th. The Celtics are plus 1 in the point differential, which is better than several teams ahead of them. And they are 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. And as for the Warriors, this win takes them to 24-5. and five. So they are at the top of the Western Conference, top of the entire league. They are half a game up on the Suns in 2nd, 3.5 games up on the Jazz in 3rd. And the Warriors, of course, have the best point differential in the entire league, plus 11.4. They're on a three-game winning streak again, and they're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score. And Steph Curry, of course, led the way for the Warriors. He had 30 points in 35 minutes. He was only 8 of 21 from the field, but he had five three-pointers, and he was 9 of 9 from the free throw line. And he had five rebounds, four assists, and one steal as well. So good stuff for Steph Curry, although he was negative 10 in the plus-minus. That was a team low. And the starter's high in that regard was Andrew Wiggins. He was plus 13 in his 36 minutes. He had 27 points on 11 of 20 shooting, so he was very efficient. 5 of 7 from beyond the arc. He had 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. They also got 6 points from Draymond Green and Kavon Looney, the big guys. Green had 5 rebounds, 8 assists, and a block. He was 2 of 6 from the field. And Looney was 2 of 3 from the field. He had 10 rebounds, 1 steal, and 1 block. And then with no Jordan Poole in the lineup for the Warriors, Moses Moody, the rookie, got the start. He played 10 minutes and had 2 points only in that time. He was 1 of 6 from the field. And off the bench for the Warriors, they got 12 points from the veteran Andre Iguodala in 24 minutes. He was 5 of 9 from the field, and he had two three-pointers, six assists, four rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. So nice production there from Iguodala. They also got eight points from Damian Lee in 18 minutes. He had two threes, two rebounds, one assist, one steal. Five points for Gary Payton II. They got six from Otto Porter Jr. Seven points for Nemanja Bialica in 16 minutes, and two for the other rookie, Jonathan Kaminga. And as for the Boston Celtics, they were led by Jason Tatum. He had 27 points in 42 minutes. He was 9 of 19 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3, and 6 of 6 from the free throw line. So pretty efficient scoring for Tatum. He had 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 1 steal. 19 for Marcus Smart in 35 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had 2 threes, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, and a steal. They also got 20 from Jalen Brown in 33 minutes. He was 8 of 16 from the field. He had four three-pointers, nine rebounds, two assists, and one steal. So pretty solid scoring from those three, Tatum, Brown, and Smart. And then they also got seven points and 11 rebounds from Robert Williams in 37 minutes. He had one assist and one block. And just two points for Romeo Langford in eight minutes. And off the bench for the Celtics, they got 15 points from Josh Richardson in 35 minutes. He was 4 of 7 from beyond the arc, and he had two rebounds. They also got 11 points from the sophomore Aaron Neesmith. He had two three-pointers, one rebound, six points for Innis Freedom in 11 minutes. And that was it in terms of the scoring for the Celtics off the bench. All right, and next up, we can move on to New Orleans, where the Pelicans just edged past the Giannis Antetokounmpo-less Milwaukee Bucks, 116-112 to 112 in overtime. The Bucks were led by Drew Holiday. He had an incredible game, 40 points on 18 of 36 from the field, and they also got 25 from Grayson Allen, whereas the 
Pelicans were led by Devontae Graham. He had 26 points in the starting lineup, and they also got 24 from Jonas Valanciunas and 22 from Brandon Ingram. So nice contributions from some of their starters in this game, the Pelicans, and they were just able to hold on in the end. This game was just back and forth throughout. There was one period during the third quarter when the Pelicans had a 12-point lead, but nonetheless, this game, other than that one stretch, was really close, just back and forth throughout. Ultimately, it was Drew Holiday who hit a driving layup with 33 seconds to go that forced the game into overtime. He tied it up 103 all, and that was the go-ahead bucket. But then in overtime, it was the Pelicans who were able to pull away. Nikhil Alexander-Walker hit a three-pointer. Josh Hart hit a couple of clutch buckets. And Devontae Graham hit a three-pointer with 2.07 left on the clock that put the Pelicans up by five. But credit to the Bucks, they responded. Drew Holiday with 51 seconds left hit a clutch 21-foot pull-up jump shot. That tied the game back up 112 all. But then ultimately, the Pelicans were able to pull away once again thanks to a layup from Herb Jones, the rookie, with just 43 seconds left on the clock. That gave the Pels a two-point lead, 114-112. to 112. And then for the second game in a row, Devontae Graham had the final points for the Pelicans to help seal the victory. He had a couple of free throws with just 11 seconds left that sealed the deal for New Orleans. So a good gritty win here from the Pelicans, who it seems more and more likely are going to be without Zion Williamson for the rest of the season or at the very least, a significant chunk of it. So a nice, resilient win here against the defending champions. And they were dominant, especially down low. They out-rebounded the Bucks 57-44. to And they also shot pretty efficiently from the field, 47%, and from three, 35%. The Bucks were just ice cold, 43% from the field and 29% from three. So they were really dominated shooting the ball and in terms of the rebounds. The only area in which they had a significant advantage was the turnovers. They had 13 versus 20 turnovers for the Pelicans. They were really shooting themselves in the foot by giving the ball back to the Bucks that many times. But in the end, it did not matter, and they were able to hold on and get this victory. And so with this win, the Pelicans now improved to 10-21. and 21. So they are in 13th in the West. They move past the Houston Rockets, but it's very tightly contested there at the bottom of the West. All three of those teams, the Pelicans, Rockets, and Thunder, are 15 games off the top spot. And the Pelicans have just played more games than the other two teams. So they are in 13th. And they have a negative 5.6 point differential, which is third worst in the conference. But they're on a two-game winning streak now. And they are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And as for the Bucks, this loss takes them to 19-12. and 12. So they are now in third in the East, just behind the Chicago Bulls. But they've played four more games than Chicago. And they are half a game up on the Cavaliers and Heat in fourth and fifth. And the Bucks are three games off the top spot, the Brooklyn Nets. They have a plus 3.8 point differential, which is tied for second best in the East. And they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Bucks, as I mentioned, were led by Drew Holiday. He had 40 points in 44 minutes. He took 36 shots in this game, and he made 18 of them. He was just one of eight from the three-point line. He had five rebounds, five assists, and two steals. He was really doing his best to carry this shorthanded Bucks team as they are obviously without Giannis Antetokounmpo. They're also without Chris Middleton, and so... Grayson Allen was the second leading scorer in the starting lineup. He had 25 points on 8 of 17 shooting. He had seven three-pointers. He was 7 of 12 from beyond the arc, and he had three rebounds and three steals with a block. They also got 14 points from Jordan Wara. He had a nice double-double, 13 rebounds, three three-pointers, two steals, and a block. And then they got nine points from the other two starters, Pat Connaughton and Demarcus Cousins. Cousins, in 16 minutes only, had nine points and six rebounds. He was four of eight from the field, but he missed all four of his three-point attempts. And Connaughton was four of 12 from the field, one of nine from three. He did have eight rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block, though. But nonetheless, really atrocious shooting from the three-point line from Holiday and Connaughton, they were a combined 2 of 17 from 3, whereas Allen all by himself was 7 of 12 from the 3-point line. And off the bench for the Bucks, they got 6 points from Sandro Mamukevashvili in 18 minutes. The rookie had 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal with 2 blocks. And then they also got 7 points from the veteran backup point guard George Hill and 2 points from Rodney Hood. And as for the Pelicans, they were led by Devontae Graham. After his incredible 61-foot buzzer beater in the previous matchup, he led the team in scoring in this one with 26 points in 36 minutes. He was really efficient, 8 of 12, and all he took were three-pointers. He had four rebounds, four assists, three steals. Really good stuff there for Graham. This is more like what I was expecting when he came over from the Charlotte Hornets. I thought he was going to really be a leader for this team and be one of their leading scorers especially, but he is kind of disappointed up to this point in the season, but maybe this is a turning point for him. 
They also got 24 points from Jonas Valanciunas in 40 minutes. He was also incredibly efficient, 11 of 15 from the field. He had seven rebounds, three assists, one steal, and two blocks. And he was plus 20 in the plus-minus. That was a team high, along with Josh Hart, who had a double-double. Uh, he had 11 points and 15 rebounds with eight assists and a steal. And then they also got 22 from Brandon Ingram in 43 minutes. He was 6 of 16 from the field, but he had three threes, and he was 7 of 9 from the free-throw line, and he had five rebounds, five assists, and three steals. And then Herb Jones, the rookie, rounding out the starting lineup, had 17 points in 33 minutes. He was 6 of 9 from the field. He had nine rebounds, four assists, one steal, and one block. And then off the bench for the Pelicans, they got 12 points from Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but he was pretty inefficient. 5 of 17 from the field, 2 of 10 from 3. He had 2 rebounds, 4 assists, and a steal. 2 points for Willie Hernan Gomez, and 2 points for Tomas Sadaransky. All right, and next we can move on to Utah, where the Jazz were just edged by the San Antonio Spurs, 128-126. to This was a wild finish for San Antonio, and they were led by Keldon Johnson. He had 24 points, and they also got 22 from Derek White and 16 from DeJounte Murray, 19 from Lonnie Walker off the bench, whereas the Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell. He had 27 points, and they also got 21 from Jordan Clarkson off the bench. But this was a crazy ending to this game. The Jazz were actually leading uh, pretty significantly in the second quarter. They outscored the Spurs 36-23. to so they had a 14-point lead at halftime, but the Spurs came roaring back in the third quarter. They outscored the Jazz 41-23 in the third, and then it was just back and forth throughout the final quarter of this game. There was just clutch shot after clutch shot from both teams. They were going toe-to-toe -to -toe throughout the final couple of minutes of this game. So we'll start with 2.06 left on the clock. Donovan Mitchell makes a layup. That ties the game up, 119 all. And then from there, it's just insane shot-making by both teams. Derek White hits a 15-foot jumper with 148 on the clock, puts the Spurs back up by two. Then Mike Conley responds with a 10-foot driving floater with 133 left on the clock, tying the game up, 121 all. Then the Spurs get the ball back. Jakob Pertl actually misses a 14-footer, but he gets an offensive rebound and puts it back in, so the Spurs back up by two, 123 to 121. But then once again, Donovan Mitchell with his second clutch shot of the final couple of minutes, he hit a driving layup and one with a minute to go. That gave the Jazz, well, it tied the game, and then it gave the Jazz a lead after he hit the free throw. So now it was 124 to 123. The Jazz are leading by one. Then again, Derek White hits another clutch shot with 43 seconds left off of a Lonnie Walker assist. So that gives the Spurs the one-point lead. Then Donovan Mitchell for his third clutch basket of the final couple of minutes. He hits another two-pointer with 33 seconds left. That gives the Jazz the lead. And then finally, the last field goal of the game, perhaps the most clutch shot, Lonnie Walker for the Spurs drives the lane. There's just 14 seconds left. He draws contact but doesn't get a foul. He puts up a crazy fallaway layup and he gets it to fall. So the Spurs are now up by one, 127 to 126. And then in the final possession for the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell was not able to make anything happen. Eventually, DeJounte Murray hit one of two free throws, putting the Spurs up by two. And so then the Jazz had one more attempt, but they didn't really have enough time, and Donovan Mitchell didn't get a good look. So the Spurs just pulling out the victory here in Utah. A really crazy finish. Impressive offense by both teams. Just tough shots by guys on either side. Derek White and Donovan Mitchell specifically were really clutch down the stretch. And both teams shot the ball pretty efficiently in this game. They were both at least 49% from the field and at least 35% from beyond the arc. The Spurs, though, impressively only turned the ball over seven times. Very clean game for San Antonio. Utah had 13 turnovers, and Utah did out-rebound the Spurs, but nonetheless, the Spurs able to pull out the victory in the end, and so they now improve to 11-17 and with this win. They have been pretty respectable over the last 10 games. They're 6-4, and four, and they are still in 12th in the West, but it's very tightly contested. They are just behind the Portland Trailblazers and Sacramento Kings in 10th and 11th. All three of those teams are 12 and a half games off the top spot in the West, and the Spurs have a negative 0.6 point differential, which is better than those two teams ahead of them. And as for the Utah Jazz, their eight-game winning streak is finally snapped. They are still in third, though, in the West. Uh, with this loss, they fall to 20-8. and eight. They're three and a half games off the Warriors in first, three games behind the Phoenix Suns in second, and two games up on the Grizzlies in fourth. And Utah still has that impressive plus-11 point differential, which is second best in the entire league. 
All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Spurs, as I mentioned, were led by Derek White and Keldon Johnson. White had 22 points in 33 minutes. He was 7 of 15 from the field. He had two three-pointers. He was 6 of 6 from the free throw line. He had two rebounds, three assists, two steals. And he was just carrying the team in the end. He had several clutch buckets down the final couple of minutes. Although he was negative 5 in the plus-minus, which was a starter's low. But nonetheless, really good stuff for Derek White. And 24 points for Keldon Johnson. He was super efficient. 10 of 13 from the field, 4 of 5 from beyond the arc in 31 minutes. He had 8 rebounds, 2 assists, and he was plus 7. The starter's high in terms of plus-minus was DeJounte Murray. The point guard had a triple-double once again. 16 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. He also had 2 steals and a block. Although he wasn't super efficient. 6 of 16 from the field, just one three-pointer, but he was plus 10. So really nice production from both members of the backcourt for the Spurs. And then they also got 14 points from Jakob Pertl in 33 minutes. He was 7 of 12 from the field. He had 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. And 11 points for Doug McDermott in 28 minutes. He had two threes, four rebounds. And off the bench for the Spurs, they got 19 from Lonnie Walker IV in 29 minutes. He was 8 of 15 from the field. He had three three-pointers, four rebounds, five assists, and two steals. And, of course, he had that clutch bucket late in this game that helped the Spurs secure the victory. So really good stuff there for Walker off the bench for the Spurs. And then they also got 13 points from the sophomore, Devin Vassell, in 24 minutes. He was 5 of 10 from the field. He had three three-pointers as well, six rebounds, one assist, and one steal. And then they also got three points from the backup big man, Drew Eubanks, two points from Jock Landell. He was plus 14 in his six minutes, four points from Trey Jones, the sophomore point guard. And Bryn Forbes saw the court briefly, but did not score. And as for the Jazz, they were led by Donovan Mitchell. He had 27 points in 31 minutes. He was 10 of 23 from the field, three three-pointers, five rebounds, four assists, two steals and a block. And as he has been throughout his career, he was really clutched down the stretch. But unfortunately for the Jazz, it was not quite enough. But they also got 18 points from his partner in the backcourt, Mike Conley. In 31 minutes, he was 7 of 17 from the field. He had four three-pointers, six rebounds, and six assists. A nice double-double for Rudy Gobert, 16 points and 14 rebounds. He was 5 of 8 from the field. He had 2 assists and 2 blocks. 16 for Boyan Bogdanovich in 29 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field, and he had 5 rebounds, 2 assists. And 11 points for Royce O'Neal rounding out the starting lineup. He had 5 rebounds, 4 assists. And off the bench for the Jazz, they got 21 from Jordan Clarkson, the sixth man of the year. In 26 minutes was 8 of 15 from the field, and he had 3 three-pointers, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. Eight points for Hassan Whiteside in 13 minutes. He was four or five from the field. He had four rebounds. Four points for Rudy Gay in 21 minutes. And five points for Joe Ingles in 25 minutes. All right, and next up we can move on to Minnesota where the Timberwolves defeated the L.A. Lakers 110-92. The Lakers were led by Isaiah Thomas, their recent acquisition off the bench. In just 22 minutes, he had 19 points to lead the way for the Lakers. Incredible stuff for Thomas, who was just in the G League, and he was picked up by the Lakers, who are shorthanded uh, right now with all the COVID health and safety protocols and injuries. And so really incredible stuff from him. They also got 14 points from Russell Westbrook, 18 for LeBron James, in the starting lineup and Anthony Davis went out of this game after just 20 minutes after a couple of injuries whereas the Timberwolves were led by Carl Anthony Towns he had 28 points and 10 rebounds and they got 17 from D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley there was no Anthony Edwards for the Timberwolves in this one he is also in the COVID health and safety protocols and so this was a shorthanded roster for both teams but in the end, the Timberwolves were just better than the Lakers throughout this game. They outscored L.A. in the first three quarters. They got out to an early lead. They were leading 17-8 to with just 5.49 left on the clock in the first quarter after Jaden McDaniels hit a three-pointer. And then they were able to maintain that lead throughout most of the first half. And then in the third quarter is when things really started to go downhill for the Lakers. There was a period of like five minutes in the middle of the third when they couldn't buy a bucket. Eventually, the Timberwolves had opened up a 20-point lead by the end of the third quarter they had outscored the lakers 31 to 20 and so this was basically a blowout by the fourth quarter the lakers cut the deficit just a little bit by the end but it was pretty much garbage time and so a really dominating victory here for the timberwolves 
And honestly, you have to look at the rebounds as one of the biggest factors in this game. It was a huge advantage for the Timberwolves, 61 to 36. So Minnesota just dominant down low, and they shot the ball better than the Lakers overall, 41% from the field only for the Timberwolves, but the Lakers were just 38% from the field. And neither team shot the ball very efficiently from three either. Both teams were 27%. So kind of a sloppy game here. And that was evidenced by the turnovers as well. The Lakers had 18 and the Wolves had 15. So it wasn't the most beautiful game to be sure, but the Timberwolves just had too much for the Lakers to handle in the end, especially after Anthony Davis went down. And so with this victory, the Timberwolves now improved to 14 and 15. So they are in ninth right now in the Western Conference, half a game behind the Mavericks in eighth and two and a half games up on the Kings in 10th. And the Wolves are 0.0 in the point differential right now, which is actually better than several teams ahead of them. They're on a three-game winning streak, and they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. This team has really been up and down throughout this season. They're definitely playing well at the moment, and I don't think it's a coincidence that this winning streak has coincided with D'Angelo Russell's return. He has been vital to this team's success. So good stuff recently for the Wolves. As for the Lakers, this loss takes them to 16-14. and 14. So they are still in sixth in the West, but they're just half a game up on the Nuggets in seventh and half a game behind the LA Clippers in fifth. And the Lakers have a negative 0.7 point differential, which is worse than the three teams right below them. They are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, but they are really banged up at the moment. And that is on full display. If we move to the box score, we can see that Isaiah Thomas led the way in terms of scoring off the bench, the recent acquisition in his first game for the Lakers. He was just playing for the Grand Rapids Gold in the G League, and now he is on the Lakers and leading the team in scoring with 19 points in just 22 minutes. He was 5 of 12 from the field, 2 of 6 from beyond the arc, and 7 of 9 from the free throw line. And he had 2 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 block. And so if he keeps this up, he's definitely going to get rewarded with another contract. He's on a 10-day right now. And as for the starters, they were led by LeBron James, but he just had 18 points on 5 of 13 shooting. Kind of a quiet game for LeBron. He had 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, but he was negative 11 in the plus-minus. They also got 14 from Russell Westbrook in 29 minutes, but it was a quiet game for him as well. Just 4 of 7 from the field, 6 of 11 from the free-throw line, and he had 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1 block. Really disappointing production from him, and he was negative 15 in the plus-minus, which was a starter's low. They also got 11 points from Kent Bazemore in 24 minutes in the starting lineup. He had seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, nine points for Anthony Davis before he went out of this game. He played just 20 minutes and he had one rebound and one block in that time. And Wayne Ellington rounding out the starting lineup. He had eight points, two rebounds, two assists, and one steal. And off the bench for the Lakers, besides Isaiah Thomas, they got eight points from Carmelo Anthony in 28 minutes. He had two threes, two rebounds, four assists, one steal, and one block. They also got three points from Rajon Rondo in 22 minutes and two points from DeAndre Jordan. And as for the Timberwolves, they were led by Carl Anthony Towns. He was incredible in this game, 28 points in 32 minutes, 10 rebounds, four assists, one steal, and three blocks. And he was 11 of 20 from the field. He had two three-pointers, and he was plus 23 in the plus-minus. Fantastic production from Towns. They also got 17 points from D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. Russell was only 6 of 15 from the field, but he had three three-pointers, three rebounds, six assists, and three steals. And then Beasley finally in the starting lineup after coming off the bench for the majority of the season with no Anthony Edwards. He was inserted by Chris Finch and he was a team high plus 25 in the plus minus. He had three threes, four rebounds, four assists and two steals. And then they also got nine points from Patrick Beverly. He stuffed the stat sheet. He had nine rebounds, seven assists, one steal, one block. And then Jared Vanderbilt rounding out the starting lineup had four points and a career high 16 rebounds with three steals and two blocks. He's really making an impact in fantasy. He's a perfect option if you happen to be punting points. That is his worst category, but he really fills it up with those defensive categories, the rebounds, the steals, the blocks. And off the bench for the Timberwolves, they got 14 points from Jalen Noel in 19 minutes. He was 6 of 13 from the field. He had three rebounds, one assist, two steals. They also got eight points from Jaden McDaniels in 22 minutes. He had four rebounds. He was plus 10 in the plus minus. Five points for Nathan Knight in four minutes. Four points for Josh Kogi. Four as well for Nas Reed, the backup big man. And that was it in terms of the scoring off the bench for the Timberwolves. All right, and next up we can move on to Portland where the Trailblazers defeated the Charlotte Hornets 125-116. to The Blazers were led by Damian Lillard, his highest scoring game of the season thus far. He had 43 points on 12 of 19 shooting. Incredible stuff for Dame. Definitely doesn't seem like that abdominal injury was nagging him in this one. And they also got 28 from Ben McLemore off the bench. 
whereas the Hornets were led by LaMelo Ball, finally making his return after he had COVID. And he was not asymptomatic, by the way. He was really sick. But he had 27 points in this game on an incredibly efficient 11 of 17 shooting. And then they also got double-digit scoring from four other guys, including three off the bench, P.J. Washington, Cody Martin, and Kelly Oubre. But unfortunately for the Hornets, they were just torched by Damian Lillard, especially early on. The Blazers got out to an early lead, outscoring... The Hornets 41 to 24 in the first quarter and then 40 to 31 in the second. So they had a huge lead at the half. It was like a 26 point advantage for Portland heading into the second half. So this game looked like it was going to be a total blowout, and it almost was. The Hornets did their best to get back into this game in the second half. They outscored the Blazers by nine in the third quarter and then by eight in the fourth. So they cut the deficit to within double digits, which is pretty impressive considering how big of a hole that they had dug in themselves in the first half. But the Blazers were just able to hold on, and they fended off the Hornets in the very end. Ben McLemore hit a clutch three-pointer with 49 seconds left to put the Blazers back up by nine, and they were just able to hold on in the end. And unsurprisingly, they shot the ball very efficiently, 51% from the field, 44% from beyond the arc, whereas the Hornets were just a bit worse in both regards, 47% from the field and 35% from three. So with this win, the Blazers now improved to 12 and 18. So they are just holding on to that 11th seed, fending off the Spurs right below them. It is very tightly contested. They're just ahead of the Spurs, and then they're tied with the Kings in 10th. And they are two and a half games off of the Minnesota Timberwolves in ninth. And they're two and a half games up on the New Orleans Pelicans in 13th. And the Blazers have a negative 2.8 point differential. They're just two and eight in their last 10 games. They were on a seven game losing streak prior to this win. So a desperately needed victory here for Portland. And as for the Charlotte Hornets, this loss takes them to 16 and 15. So they are currently in sixth in the Eastern Conference. They're just half a game up on the Wizards and 76ers in 7th and 8th, and a game up on the Hawks and Celtics in 9th and 10th. And then there's a pretty sizable gap between the Hornets in 6th and the Heat in 5th, two and a half games. And the Hornets are negative one in the point differential, which is worse than a couple teams below them. And they're just three and seven in their last 10 games. So we'll see if LaMelo Ball's return can get this team back on track because they've been struggling without him recently. And so moving on to the box score, and Charlotte was led by Ball. He had 27 points in 29 minutes. He was 11 of 17 from the field, so very efficient stuff. He had three threes, four rebounds, five assists, and one steal. They also got a double-double from Miles Bridges, 14 points, 11 assists, six rebounds, one steal, two blocks, and he was 6 of 12 from the field. Nine points for Mason Plumley, the big man, in 17 minutes was 4 of 7 from the field against his former team. He had three rebounds, one assist, and one block. Six points for Gordon Hayward only. He was ice cold in this game, 2 of 8 from the field. He had three rebounds. He was negative 25, which was a team low. And then Terry Rozier rounding out the starting lineup was even worse than Hayward. He had just two points on one of 10 shooting. So atrocious stuff for Rozier and Hayward. He had four rebounds, one assist, and two steals, though. But off the bench for the Hornets is where they were really thriving. They got nice contributions from several guys. 18 points from Kelly Oubre in 31 minutes. He was 6 of 14 from the field. He had three threes, four rebounds. They got 14 from Cody Martin, and he was perfect from the field, 5 of 5. And he had three rebounds, five assists, and two steals. 16 points for P.J. Washington in 24 minutes. He was plus 13 in the plus minus, and he had four three-pointers, five rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Really nice contributions from Washington, Martin, and Ubre, And then they also got six points from the backup point guard, Ish Smith. He was actually the team high in plus minus, plus 15. And then four points for Jalen McDaniels. And as for the Portland Trailblazers, they were led by Damian Lillard, his best game of the season thus far, 43 points in 37 minutes. He was incredibly efficient, 12 of 19 from the field, 6 of 11 from beyond the arc, and 13 of 14 from the free throw line. And he had four rebounds, eight assists, and a steal as well. So incredible stuff for Dame. And he was a team high plus 13 in the plus minus. They also got 14 points from Norman Powell in 40 minutes. He was 5 of 15 from the field. He had four threes, three rebounds, five assists. 10 points for Yusuf Nurkic and Larry Nance, the two big guys. Nance was 4 of 6 from the field, and he had 7 rebounds. And Nurkic had 4 rebounds and 2 assists. And then Nasir Little, rounding out the starting lineup, did not have a very effective game. He was just 1 of 4 from the field for 3 points. But he did stuff the stat sheet, though. He had 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, and 3 blocks. 
And then off the bench for the Blazers, they got 28 points from Ben McLemore in 27 minutes. He was 10 of 16 from the field, 8 of 13 from three. He was just on fire in this game. He had two rebounds and two steals as well. Excellent stuff there for McLemore. And then they also got eight points from Anthony Simons in 18 minutes, seven points for Robert Covington. He stuffed the stat sheet as well. Ten rebounds, three assists, two steals, and two blocks. He has been thriving off the bench from a fantasy perspective for the Blazers. And then Trendon Watford rounding out the bench had two points in five minutes. All right, and finally, we can move on to Sacramento, where the Grizzlies defeated the Kings, 124-105. to The Grizzlies were led by Desmond Bain, the rookie. He had 24 points, and they also got 23 from Dylan Brooks and 21 from Jaron Jackson Jr., whereas the Kings were led by Tyrese Halliburton, the other sophomore. He had 21 points in 38 minutes, and they also got 20 from Harrison Barnes and 18 from Chemezi Metu, but... This one was a blowout in the end for the Grizzlies. They have just been on fire lately, and that did not let up in this game at all. They were just dominant throughout the entire second half, really. They outscored the Kings 33-19 to in the third, and then they kept the pressure on in the fourth. After Desmond Bain hit a three-pointer with 10-20 left on the clock in the fourth quarter, it was a 26-point advantage for the Grizzlies. It was 103-77. to So their dominant play continues here. They shot the ball very efficiently, unsurprisingly. 46% from the field, 54% from beyond the arc. And they only had 13 turnovers versus 18 turnovers for the Kings. And to make matters worse, Sacramento did not shoot the ball very efficiently at all, just 40% from the field. Although they were pretty good from three, 37%, but they were also out-rebound by the Grizzlies as well. So in the end, it was a pretty comfortable win for Memphis, still without John Morant, of course. And so they now improved to 19 and 11 with this victory. They're still in fourth in the Western Conference, two games behind the Utah Jazz in third and two and a half games up on the LA Clippers in fifth. And the Grizzlies are on a five-game winning streak once again. They're 9-1 in their last 10 games. They've just been remarkably dominant since John Morant left the lineup. They're plus 2.6 in the point differential, which is fourth best in the West. And as for the Sacramento Kings, this loss takes them to 12-18. and 18. So as I mentioned previously, tied with the Portland Trailblazers in 11th, the Kings are in 10th, and they're two and a half games behind the Timberwolves in 9th, and just two and a half games up on the Pelicans all the way down in 13th. And the Kings are negative 3.5 in the point differential. That is by far fourth worst in the West, and they're just four and six in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Grizzlies, as I mentioned, were led by Desmond Bain. He had 24 points in 26 minutes. He was 9 of 16 from the field, 4 of 5 from beyond the arc, and he had two rebounds, one assist, one steal. They also got 23 from Dylan Brooks in 23 minutes. He was 10 of 20 from the field. He had two threes, six rebounds, two assists, and one steal. 21 for Jaron Jackson Jr. in just 28 minutes. He was only 6 of 15 from the field, didn't make a three-pointer, but he was 9 of 9 from the free throw line, and he had six rebounds, two assists, one steal, and two blocks. And then they got 14 points from Tyus Jones, the point guard. He was a starter's high, plus 21 in the plus-minus, and he had two three-pointers, six rebounds, four assists. And Steven Adams, the big man rounding out the starting lineup, had five points in 31 minutes. He was just one of four from the field and three of seven from the free-throw line, though. Pretty atrocious offense from Adams, but he did have 12 rebounds, four assists, one steal. And off the bench for the Grizzlies, they got 19 points from DeAnthony Melton. He was dominant in this game, plus 29. That was a team high in just 23 minutes. He was super efficient, 7 of 11 from the field and 2 of 3 from beyond the arc. He had an incredible dunk at one point. And he had 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals, and a block. So really good stuff for DeAnthony Melton. And they also got 6 points from Kyle Anderson in 19 minutes. He also had 6 rebounds and 6 assists. 8 points for Killian Tilly in 13 minutes. 2 points for Xavier Tillman, the backup big man. And despite only having the 2 points, he had 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. And then 2 points as well for Jarrett Culver. And as for the Kings, they were led by Tyrese Halliburton. The sophomore had 21 points and 10 assists. He was 9 of 16 from the field. He had three three-pointers, six rebounds, and one block. There was no De'Aaron Fox in this game, so Buddy Heald was in the starting lineup, and he had 15 points in 37 minutes. He was 5 of 10 from the field. He had four threes, one rebound, one assist, and three steals. They also got 20 points from Harrison Barnes. He was only 5 of 16 from the field, but he had three threes and 7 of 7 from the free throw line. And he had four rebounds, four assists. 
There was also no Rashawn Holmes for the Kings either. So Tristan Thompson was inserted into the starting lineup, and he had 12 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. And Chemezi Metu rounding out the starting lineup was a team low by far, negative 26 in the plus-minus. But he did have a double-double, 18 points, 11 rebounds, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. And off the bench for the Kings, they got six points from Jamarius Ramsey in 14 minutes. He was just two of eight from the field, though. Six points from Damian Jones in 11 minutes. Two points for Robert Woodard II. And Mo Harkless, rounding out the bench, had five points and four rebounds. All right, and that will do it for our box score breakdown. So we can now move on to fantasy, the standout and surprising fantasy lines of the night. And we had a couple of really good options. You had 28 points and 10 rebounds for Carl Anthony Towns. Nikola Jokic had 20 and 10, a triple-double for DeJounte Murray, 16, 11, and 11. And Trey Young had 34 and 10. Miles Bridges had 14 and 11 with six assists. But ultimately, we had to go with Damian Lillard. He had a season-high 43 points on very efficient shooting, 12 of 19 from the field, 13 of 14 from the free-throw line, and 6 of 11 from three. Incredible offense for Dame. And he also had eight assists, four rebounds, one steal, and he didn't have any blocks. He had three turnovers. But nonetheless, the offense was just off the charts for Dame. The six three-pointers, the 13 of 14 from the free-throw line. I love that. And it all culminated for 43 points. So really good stuff. Damian Lillard is your standout line of the night. And as for surprising line of the night, it was a pretty easy pick. Chuma Okeke for the Orlando Magic. He was inserted into the starting lineup as they were missing several guys. And he was really solid. 18 points in 39 minutes. He was really efficient. 7 of 12 from the field and 4 of 8 from 3. And he had 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 steals, and a block. Really solid numbers for Okeke. He was definitely contending for standout line of the night, but I wanted to spread the love a little bit. So Okeke is your surprising line of the night, and Damian Lillard is your standout line of the night. All right, and with that, we can finally move on to our preview for today, Saturday, December the 18th. And we have seven games on in the league today, starting off in Detroit, two of the worst teams in the league. The Pistons are taking on the Rockets, and the Rockets are minus one. In Boston, the Celtics take on the New York Knicks, and the Celtics are minus four and a half. In Toronto, the Raptors are taking on the Golden State Warriors, and the Raps are minus nine. In Brooklyn, the Nets take on the Orlando Magic, and the Nets are minus five and a half. In Oklahoma City, the Thunder are taking on the L.A. Clippers, and the Clips are minus 5.5. In Utah, the Jazz are taking on the Washington Wizards, and the Jazz are minus 10. And finally, in Milwaukee, the Bucks are taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Cavs are minus 3. All right, so as has been the case for the past couple of weeks, we have a ton of guys missing and injuries and COVID health and safety protocols making these lines seem a little bit odd. So you've got the Milwaukee Bucks as underdogs at home versus the Cavaliers, but they are obviously still without Giannis and Chris Middleton. You've also got the Warriors' huge underdogs in Toronto, plus nine, and that's because Steph, Draymond, and Wiggins are all not going to play in that game. And then the Knicks, plus four and a half underdogs in Boston. They are also missing several guys. And so ultimately, we have two best bets for today. First, we're going to take the Detroit Pistons, plus one at home versus the Houston Rockets. Now, this might seem like a risky pick as the Detroit Pistons have now lost 13 games in a row. They're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And the Rockets are pretty impressively six and four in their last 10 games. But the reason why I'm going with the Pistons in this one is, A, Christian Wood is still out for the Rockets, and they've looked much worse without him there on. On a two-game losing streak now as he has been out of the lineup. And B, the Pistons keep losing these close games despite having a negative 9.8 point differential. They've been in several close losses throughout the course of this losing streak. And I just have faith in Cade and the rest of those sophomores like Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart for the Pistons. I think they're going to be desperate to get a win here and they know they can beat this Houston Rockets team. So I think they will ultimately get this victory in front of their home crowd in Detroit. So I'm going to take the Pistons plus one. I have a feeling I might regret that one, but nonetheless, that's what we're going to do for our first best bet. And then for our second best bet, we're going to take the Nets minus five and a half in Brooklyn. They're facing the other worst team in the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic. And this time I have faith in the better team. It's a pretty simple calculus here. The Brooklyn Nets are number one team in the East. They are seven and three in their last 10. They're on a four game winning streak and Kevin Durant has been playing like an MVP. And the Magic, on the other hand, are on a seven-game losing streak. They are second to last in the East. They're 16 and a half games behind the Brooklyn Nets right now. They are 10 and a half games behind the Nets. And oh, by the way, this is the second night of a back-to-back for them. So I think this is a pretty easy pick. Despite all the injuries that the Nets have been dealing with, I'm going to take Brooklyn minus five and a half versus the Orlando Magic. And then for our other best bet, we're going to go with the Detroit Pistons minus one versus the Houston Rockets. 
All right, and that will do it for us today. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to follow the show on social, we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or Smart Speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to recap all seven of those games and to preview the action for Sunday, December the 19th. Until then, thanks for tuning in.